0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Films Fresh Cut, where we talk about the newest films in theaters or on streaming services. Today, we are talking about Barbarian, the 2022 film directed by Zach Kräger. In the beginning of this, you all know what we do. We do this spoiler free. I'm going to discuss my thoughts without spoiling the movie. And then after a certain point when I stop, you know, when I run out of things to talk about spoiler free, we're going to talk about some spoiler stuff. But let's just start off with my initial reaction leaving the theater yesterday when I saw this movie was what the. Did I just watch? This movie was suspenseful, eerie, and then it just gets. It just goes batshit crazy. Like, it, it's. Y- you know, you're always you always have this creepy vibe throughout this movie where you you're always feeling uncomfortable even from the start. And then it progressively just keeps getting worse and worse until s- certain things happen and then it just goes off the rails and now we're we're on a roller coaster and we're not strapped in fully. You know, they didn't check our straps. So it's one of those. It's this is a movie where I am trying to figure out whether or not I really liked it, or it, or am I feeling the same way that I felt after watching *Malignant* last year, which was I don't I don't know if I like this movie or if it was just too bonkers for me. Maybe it's just an initial first watch reaction. I mean, it's got great performances. Don't get me wrong. I think it's got great effects. It's got the eeriness. And I think it's, it, it, to be honest, I, I think it's it does what it's supposed to do. And I, I just maybe I'm just like, I don't know. I just put my hands up like, what, what did I, what, what just, what the fuck? That is literally the thought process that goes through my mind. Still thinking back on it. This is definitely a movie I have to rewatch. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in theaters again. Probably not I am probably gonna wait until it comes back uh comes out on uh digital uh or you know on physical and watch it again and try to f- collect my thoughts, but I figure for a fresh cut, we're doing initial reactions where you know this is this is my initial thoughts you know coming out of uh, of this movie it's 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 a lot to think about, and to be honest i've you know leaving the movie and, and having all these thoughts and wondering what I thought about the movie. I had to literally go and listen to other podcasts that are talking about this movie to kind of see like where, where were other people at? And I guess I'm just in the minority where I think most people understood exactly what was happening. And I think I, I understand after listening uh, to these podcasts where this movie was supposed to go or where this movie went. And what ultimately the uh, the story was. I'm not saying I was confused. I-, I was just, I don't know, maybe it's just some sort of shock. A- a- and just a lot of those WTF moments. A lot to think about. This movie is, it- it's it's something that I think people need to experience. You know, if you if you can go see this movie in theaters, go see it because it's 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 an adventure in it in a very uncomfortable, creepy, just leaves you with a lot of questions, but also just makes you feel dirty. It really does. And I think that's the whole point. I think that's what they were trying to do. You know, Zach Kreger, the director, uh, who is Mostly known throughout his career for comedy. He directed, I think the only other film that he is really, really well known for directing is a movie back in like 2009 called Miss March, which was like a, it was a comedy that he actually starred in uh, with one of his writing partners. Uh, He wrote this movie, which is awesome. Um, I'm loving the fact that we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, comedians and, and comedic actors really diving into the horror genre because to be honest i feel they're doing a great job with it you know you look at jordan peele and what he has done you know from get out to uh us to now nope and in like that track record and i mean this i mean that's a guy who started off in of mad tv and then you know had Kean peel and was you know he was all based around comedy and then to be able to come into the horror genre it's 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 crazy. I love I want to see more. And to be honest, I want to see what Zach Kreger does next, because like I said before, I don't I, I didn't come out of this movie going, man, I didn't like that. I came out of this movie like, what did I watch? And I think. That's the whole point. I really do. I really do. I, I don't know what else to say about this movie other than like. What the fuck? Like, seriously, I, I don't know. I don't know, everybody. Maybe that's just I, I, my brain doesn't process um, a lot of this stuff as well as others. But um, yeah, uh, it's terrifying if you think about it. Like, So it, it really takes place in one location, which is creepy, um, dark-ass basement where I am right now. I'm in my dark-ass basement uh, recording this, so I'm constantly looking over to make sure there's nobody who's not supposed to be here just creeping up on me you know it makes you think uh i'm still like i said i came out of it yeah i i saw it uh, yesterday afternoon and i'm still thinking about it today and i think that's that's the whole point i don't want to keep repeating myself i feel like i'm repeating myself on what uh you know my mindset on on what this movie really did to me kind of fucked me up kind of fucked me up but this movie um was starred uh, Georgina Campbell. She was in uh, a couple episodes of, I think an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, she was on a show on Sci-Fi was like a Superman origin story show called Krypton. Uh she's been around I guess for a while just a little here and there roles not nothing that I really have uh, can pinpoint other than that Krypton show I did watch it so I I do recognize her from that. Uh, they got Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård, who is also a producer on this movie, which is pretty crazy. Uh, We had Justin Long, who is kind of a secret like horror, you know, he's he's just popping up in these like horror movies throughout the years, you know, starting all the way back in 2001 with Jeepers Creepers. Uh, you know, he was in uh, Drag Me to Hell, which was a, an interesting one from Sam Raimi. He was in Tusk, which was that really creepy ass Movie from Kevin Smith, and now he's in Barbarian. And yeah, we'll talk more about Justin Long and his character uh, when we get to some spoilers. And uh, Richard Brake shows up, and when you hire Richard Brake, you are hiring him to be a very creepy guy who makes you very uncomfortable every time you see him. That that's about the gist of it. I was released September ninth on a ten and a half million dollar budget. And as of right now, it's up to $22.8 million. It's made over its budget, uh, which is good. And uh, to be honest, I don't think they did a lot of marketing on this movie other than trailers. It really wasn't. This was a movie that you really didn't hear a lot about. Unless you went and saw movies that they were going to play the trailer for it, you really didn't know. I know it was shown back at uh, San Diego Comic-Con back in July. Uh, it got some good reception there, but it was kind of put on the wayside where... I don't think a lot of people were talking about it until the trailer started showing up a few weeks before the movie was actually set to to drop. So, I kind of went into this only seeing the trailer, just knowing who was in it, but really not understanding or getting anything to really go, "Oh, that's what this is about." You know, kind of getting I hate when trailers show too much, you know, when you went and like you know you go and see, uh, the black phone, and they show a three and a half minute trailer for Nope. Like we don't need that. Like I think the trailer for this was only it was less than a minute long, and it showed the bare minimum, and that was it. So you're kind of going in blind. I mean, if you didn't see the trailer, you literally don't know what the hell this is about. I think if you are a horror fan, you need to see this. This is probably the creepiest this is probably my favorite horror movie of the year uh probably very close Uh, nope I think edges it just a little bit I, I I think I I like the um the nuance of of nope and everything that about nope like I said I before I I I I think I like this movie I think I do I think I really like this movie it's just creepy as it's just I feel like I have questions but I don't know how to ask them, you know? And it's definitely a, a movie I need to rewatch. This this and Malignant, I think I need those rewatches to kind of get a better understanding and a better appreciation of what these movies were trying to do. But do you know what, even though I'm I'm still in that mindset, I still think that this is a, this is this movie's creepy as hell. It really is. It's very creepy. It'll leave you un- it'll leave you very uncomfortable, dirty, just yeah, oh, man, this was this was a, this was something. This was a a horror movie, and um, we need more movies like this. We really do, and we need people to go out and see them in theaters. Seriously, it's 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 kind of sad, you know. I, I know this movie came out almost two weeks ago. My theater was empty. It was like me. It was me, my buddy, and my brother, and then two other people. And I was like, this is. I mean, I get it. You're not, you're going to get most of your crowd in those, that first weekend or the first week that it's out. But man, people need to see these movies. People need to support movies like this in theaters because these are the movies that we need more of, you know, as much as the, because, because we're being bogged down by the MCU by these huge established franchises where those are just bogging down these original stories And and, and I'm sad. It's sad. This was... So, so, uh, you know, from what we saw from the trailer, uh, it's about a woman who goes to an Airbnb and somebody else is there already. I guess it was double booked. And weird things happen in this house. And... That's all you pretty much got from the trailer. A lot more happens. So strap into that. Um, Like I said before, all the performances, fantastic. Georgina uh, Campbell is great. She's probably my favorite character throughout the movie. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is great as well. Um, playing a character that you kind of... Had different uh, so many feelings about, and then it turns out most of those feelings weren't or aren't justified. You're just like, oh, okay, well that's a that was a turn. And Justin Long is kind of a character I didn't expect him to play, uh, just from based on a lot of the roles that he's done in the past. Uh, I just didn't. He did fantastic in the role, but he, uh yeah, he's a, a character that we'll we'll get into more detail once we get into spoilers. And like I said before, Richard breaks in this and he's just always creepy. I don't think you can really have him play anything else. <laughs> I don't like when you see actors being typecast, but like this guy's just perfectly created to be that creepy guy, you know? All right. Well, we're not going to do a plot breakdown. We're just going to talk about key parts. We're going to talk about some stuff that's going to be spoilers, uh, be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Barbarian, I really, really recommend you go see it. If, if it's showing in your, in your theater, go see it. It's, it's worth a watch. And to be honest, if you, if for horror, I think horror, all horror fans are going to love this movie, and I can guarantee about most of the horror community has already seen it. I'm just kind of chugging along in the back. I'm in the caboose, you know? I get there sometime. So spoilers, everybody. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You've been warned. So, let's start off with the with the tone of this movie. So, this movie really starts off very eerie. Where uh, Tesk shows up at this uh, house, it's an Airbnb. She goes and notices that someone's already there, and it's been double booked. In the the other character is Keith. His name. Uh, he's been he's played by Bill, uh, Bill Skarsgård, and he yeah. So they kind of. Um, you know, hang out, you know, she's trying to figure out what to do. And he kind of convinces her, you should just stay here. And it's one of those things where you you get a lot of like real life situations, you get the, the social, um, you know, the, you know, a lot of things that are going on today, you know, you know, women have to be very, you know, cautious with everything they do because, you know, they pretty much have to tiptoe around everything and they have to be very cautious of of everything that's going on around them, you know, as, as a man, not so much, you know, that's kind of this whole, this whole thing. So she, you know, she has her, um, her doubts or she just kind of, you know, she's testing the waters because she doesn't know this guy. And he's kind of, he goes from, you know, being the, oh, this is a very shitty situation to All right, I'm going to start, I want to get to know this woman. And it's kind of weird. And you kind of get a, a, a weird feeling from him. Uh, we we're like, oh boy, is this you know, is this going to be our antagonist in this movie? Is this a, the 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 barbarian? You know, I you know, wherever you want to get the title from, it's it's for me, it's a little bit hard to decipher. I think I understand it, but uh, yeah, she has her, you know, she has her her fences up, and she, you know. Ends up staying over, but she's very cautious until she finds out that this guy is part of a um, jazz group or a music group that is associated with the job interview that she has. So she kind of, you know, forms, you know, she kind of drops her guard and um, hangs out with them and they have a good time and. Things are going uh, in a certain direction, and and you kind of get that thing. You gotta, you kind of get that feeling like, oh, is is this gonna be like a quick, you know, relationship for these two, or like a quick one night stand type thing? But nothing happens except for a creepy instance where she wakes up and he's freaking out and stuff, and you hear doors and in in stuff uh, opening and shutting, and it's just it's creepy as hell. Um, and, uh, you notice like at night it's pouring rain when she gets there, she can't see everything in the neighborhood. And, you know, he even mentioned something about how the neighborhood is creepy and it's not a good neighborhood. You, have you seen it type deal? So the next morning when she goes to her job interview, she notices the neighborhood is It's just a bunch of, it's like the house, which is a beautiful little house. And then it's like abandoned houses everywhere. There is no other house that is like livable so and this all takes place in detroit uh just figured i'd put that in there um she has her job interview and then of course uh, she comes back and this is when the when things really start to happen um she gets she hears something in the basement she gets locked in the basement she discovers a creepy room or a hallway in a room uh where there's a video camera and a bed and The bed is really nasty and there's a bucket and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm in a, like, this is a creepy ass situation and I want to go. The thing about this movie that I noticed is that like Georgina Campbell's character Tess, she is always just so willing to go help. And it's just like, I'm in this situation. I'm in a house. I don't know. There's some creepy ass dungeons and, and tunnels and stuff like I'm sorry, I gotta go find the authorities. I gotta go take care of this in a different way instead of running towards the problem. And that's what she does. She's always running towards the problem. And um, the fact that she survives this movie is a miracle. It really is. Because what she does, uh, she, she just does a lot of things that I question. Like, don't do that. But she does. And almost doesn't turn out well for her. Uh, so Keith comes back and gets her out of the basement and she tells him about the room. And this is another thing that drives me nuts because this happens in a lot of horror movies or, or at least a lot of movies where you have someone who is going through a traumatic experience. They are telling somebody else about something and they don't believe them or they don't take it as seriously. Like this woman is an adult Doesn't matter she's a woman who gives a shit. It shouldn't matter at all. But she's a, you know, she experiences this traumatic situation. She's an adult. She needs to go. She tells him about the room. And he kind of just brushes it off. Like, oh, a room with a video camera and a bed? That seems normal. It's not normal, man. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Keith? And then Keith goes downstairs and he disappears. And I'm just like, should have took her seriously. I don't know. what did you think was going to happen here? What did you think was going to happen? So, of course, what does she do? She goes down to check on Keith. The, the, the whole, there's a whole thing about the door. So she gets locked down in the basement because the basement door swings shut and it locks. And then the whole thing with him uh, helping her out. She then goes through a couple situations where the door almost shuts and she keeps it open and then she props a, a chair on the door so it doesn't shut. I was like, okay, cool move. Good, smart move. But then she um, she ventures down to the entranceway and she yells for him. He doesn't, or she calls him a couple few times. He doesn't answer. She goes to the, the, the tunnel and she yells for him and then she's kind of physically freaking out. And that's when I would have turned around and I would have walked up the stairs and I would have called the cops. Which, you don't know how the cops are going to react in this movie until you encounter the cops. There are two cops that you encounter in this movie. And I think the reason they act the way they act, well, actually, there might be a couple reasons. And it's explained, and it's something that she brings up too once she encounters them. Uh, I think they, one of the reasons they know what's going on in that house or like what's in that house you just turn around. You go up. You 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 do what you can. All right. You got your phone. You're in this this little pre house. You know you're clean. You call the cops. You explain everything. You show them everything. And um, which I know at one point she does call the cops and they didn't have any units to go out there. And I'm just like, like this is Detroit, right? Like, did they not have a large police force for a city? I don't I don't I don't understand. But Liz, I don't understand a lot of things. So instead she ventures down and then she finds a deeper tunnel and she hears Keith in the distance yelling for help. Of course she keeps pressing on. That's when I'm just like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go. But instead she keeps venturing. I said, I wasn't going to break down the plot and I'm doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. So I'm sorry. This is just what I do on this show. and. um just uh, whatever we're here. We're going to continue. So she finds him and he says, there's somebody else down there and you're like, Oh shit, here we go. We're going to see the creature, whatever the hell is down here, uh, fucking with them and doing all this stuff. And, and then it pops out. And I physically jumped. Like, I think I jumped a little bit. I think I looked at my buddy and I just mouthed like, what the fuck? And I, I I don't I was like in kind of in like shock. I was like, what in the hell am I? What is happening? Uh, This large, very large, uh, woman comes out of the darkness, grabs onto Keith's head, and just turns it into a smashed tomato. And uh, it goes black, and you're like, well, Tess is dead. Exactly what I thought. Uh, but no, so it cuts to Justin Long's character, AJ. Um, he's having a great old time in his little convertible driving, uh, by the beach in California. And he's singing a song. Don't know what the song is, but it was terrible. Never want to hear that song again. Um, and he's having a great time. And then he gets a phone call and he is being told that he is being accused by a, an actress, uh, for sexual assault. So we are now getting the me too and the the this you know every, you know the hollywood um weinstein ish type situation um where he's going you know we're seeing uh the perspective uh the main point of view you know of of someone who is going uh, through that you know being accused and it's kind of one of those things where the where you know he's being told, and I think the first thing that you think once he starts talking is like, Oh, this guy sucks. This guy's a shitty person because all he's worrying about is the show. Um, which I understand, like you put a lot of work into it and 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 you want it to succeed and you want to be a part of it, but also you should probably take it seriously that a someone is accusing you of rape. And I feel he doesn't. So that's where you kind of get that picture. That first kind of inclination, that uh inclination, that's the word. Uh that uh he did it. That he is a shitty person and he did something bad. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, you find out he has no money, but he has houses that he needs to he has houses he could sell to to get money to I guess pay for the the trial and all this stuff and whatever. He then goes, uh, you find out that he owns houses in Michigan. You're like, oh, well, he must own the house that Tess and Keith were at. So, of course, that's why they're showing this character. Um, He's a very, he's very much a bro. He's very much like that typical, like you, we all had friends like this or even some people might even still have friends like this. And if you do, like, yikes. um. Yeah, he's a dude bro who is just kind of, you know, they, it, when somebody would look at this be like, oh, this is a millennial. It's not in a way. It's just the way that, you know, the typical thing where, you know, there's a point in this where he answers the phone and says the F word and not the F word that I use quite often on the show. But the F word I can't say on the show because I won't because it's not it's not a good word. But he he answers the phone to his friend and says it. And you're like, oh, this guy just sucks. And you you get this whole scene where he's at a bar and he's talking with his friend. And his friend is like, you know, it's one of those things like, yo, bro, just like, come on, man. Tell me, you know, tell me what happened. Did she, you know, did you do? And like the way he's describing it to his to his friend about the whole situation. He did it. He raped her. Uh, But in his mind, it wasn't that, you know, and he gets really drunk and ends up calling the woman that's accusing him, which the, the funny thing is there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that kind of don't go anywhere, like certain events that don't go anywhere. So like Tess gets her job interview, gets the job, but there's nothing left of that. There's no, because like her, the woman she interviews with, um... The woman she interviews with is just like, finds out where she is. She's like, oh, that's a terrible place. You shouldn't be there. But like, how many days has gone by? And like, wouldn't her boss be questioning? Like, she wouldn't show up on her first day. Like, maybe we should figure. Nothing happens with that. Um, Also, this whole thing, nothing happens with that. Because, of course, by the end of this movie, AJ, he's gone. He's done. Uh, But we'll get into the details of of his demise, which is very enjoyable because he's a terrible person. Uh, So, yeah, so you find out. So he goes to Michigan uh, because he's going to sell his properties there. And this guy, it's one of those things where, like, he's a shitty person. But he but like the things that he does is like one of those things like, (laughs) well, of course, this guy would do something like that. And it's and it's 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 comedic. And and it's it's one of those things where you're like you laugh, but you're like, oh man, this guy really sucks. Why am I laughing? But like the things he's doing is ridiculous. So he finds out that the more square footage you have in a house, the more money it's worth. And so he takes a tape measure and he's just measuring everything, and then he finds the tunnel that has the room with the video camera. And then he finds the other tunnel and he's just measuring everything. And you're just like, would any, would anyone do this? Or is this just this character who does this? I, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's wild. This is, it's, it's just a wild thing. Um, he, and then of course he gets involved in everything. We also get the situation where like he's go he goes into the house and he sees all like he sees Keith's and Tess uh Tess's stuff, and he's just like what the fuck man like calling he calls the the property manager to ask what's going on and he's a fucking piece of shit so like she wants nothing to do with the guy so she kind of hangs up but like there's it talks about how like there hasn't been anybody in there for a couple weeks there's like is that how long Tess has been gone or like was there another play into this. It's crazy, but like he, you know, notices the keys gone, and and he notices like he finds Tess's keys, he finds the backpacks, the the bags and stuff like that, and um, so, but yeah, but he measures the house and he goes downstairs, uh, t- and um, that's when he runs into the mother, the cre- uh, well, I don't want to say creature, she's not a creature, she is a inbred superhuman, very naked woman. Uh, and her whole thing is that she takes these people, and they you become her baby, and so she takes care of you uh, like a baby. And she's terrifying because she comes out of the shadows. The way that they shot this, the way a lot of the the the, sh- the cinematography in this, and like the the camera shots, and in the the different like angles of like things being shot behind the actors instead of it being at certain angles. Like it's either behind in front or the sides it's nothing too crazy or above very very well shot uh especially in the tunnels because a lot of this movie takes place down in these tunnels so like everything is very linear where you're just following the tunnel there's no like angle where you're like well that's not realistic for what this is it's it's like somebody's behind them in front of them or on the sides of them But yeah, when they shoot her and she's in the shadows or she comes to the shadows and like the way she looks, it's like it's it's one of those like, holy what the hell did I do? What is that? So this is um this is the thing that I I think was a little bit of a gripe for me. And I know a lot of people disagree with me because I know a lot of people are just like, they don't need that much of an origin. It's not really an origin, it's just trying to understand. So we get a flashback scene of Richard Blake's character, Richard Brake's character, my mistake. And his name is Frank. And you know, this is back in, I think, the 80s. He is driving, you know, he goes outside and, of course, the neighborhood is beautiful. All the houses look great and the neighborhood is popping. You have kids playing outside and all that fun stuff. And he goes to the store to get baby stuff because you've, he says, like, his wife is having a baby. They're having the baby at home and all that stuff. The woman's very nice helping him. Uh, but then it gets really fucking weird because he goes out to his car and then kind of spies on this woman and follows her home. You are know, like, okay. Uh, he pretends to be a, um, I guess, an electrician because he talks about how, like, the power has been flickering throughout the neighborhood. So, you know, the woman lets him in he unlocks a window to kind of give himself some easy access so that later on in the day, uh, he can take this woman and I guess, um, do unspeakable things because he gets home and he opens up and you find out, you know, this is the house and he goes to the basement. There's a lot of screaming down there and you're like, okay, but then it stops and then it goes back to what we've been following the majority of this movie I really wish we got some more. Uh, maybe like the origin of like how she like, so we only thing we would get is from the homeless guy and he explains how this is very weird. Very fucked up. He would have a baby with the whatever woman he kidnapped and then have children and then have a baby with the child. Like, I don't, Oh, it's like, I don't want to know anymore because it's really, really fucked up, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to know a little bit more about the mother and like how, instead of it just being kind of a, 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 a dump from the, the homeless guy that, that keeps yelling at Tess and warning her about being at the house. Like, I wish there was more. I just wish there was more. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, uh, back to AJ, he gets caught, he gets thrown in a cage and we find out Tess is alive. And you're like, yay. I like this character. She's alive. And um, uh, the mother comes with a bottle and tries to feed Justin Long. He's not about it. And it's really fucking gross. The imagery is like hair coming off the nipple. It's unsettling. He doesn't want to do it, um, and she gets mad, but you know, Tess shows shows her, uh, shows him what he needs to do. He still refuses, so the mother takes him. And instead, if he's not going to be feeding from the bottle, he's going to suck on them titties. And they nasty. They are nasty. This scene, this, like, the, you knew this is exactly what they wanted you to feel. Uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Just uncomfortable i was like in my i was like i'm just like eating my mike and ike's like what the fuck is going on right now i'm so ah and uh, yeah it's a very very intense scene uh tess uh escapes she gets rescued by the homeless guy outside uh she kind of wanders uh the the neighborhood to try to find somebody to talk to she calls the cops and then this is when the cops show up and the cops are kind of just like, oh, this is this woman is clearly a crackhead or there's something wrong with this woman. Uh, we're not going to take her too serious. She brings them back to the house and still they don't really have time to deal with her. So they leave like they're just like, sorry. But also, like I said, I think they know what's in there and they just don't want to deal with it because they kind of have that weird dynamic. And then they kind of just drive away. And um, yeah, it's uh. It kind of sucks. You're just like really bad. You're just like, come on, guys. Like, seriously, like what? What? But I don't know, man. I don't want to say like that. I mean, they do suck. The cops do suck in this movie. And um, but I feel like there's some other, you know, they have knowledge that they that they uh, wouldn't share. So the the homeless guy pretty much is like, you need to like just leave, and she's like, oh, there's somebody in there, and it's like, oh no, see Tess, this is this is your problem. You you meet these people you've never met, and then you need to go save them. No, you don't. You could you could get the authorities and tell them about the house and just move on. Like I, I mean, Keith's already dead. You don't know who the fuck this dude is. Listen, that sounds terrible, but like, come on, you know a lot. Most people in this exact situation would do that. They would just leave. You go find somebody, you tell the authorities like, hey, go to this house, look around, and then, um, yeah, I will be seeing you. Bye. So Tess goes back in. Well, actually, she finds out from the homeless guy that that the mother comes out at night. And I don't know if I like this very much, this whole thing of her coming outside at night. But I guess that's mostly why the neighborhood is gone. Like nobody lives there. Um, And hundred percent, like no one sees her at night, but I guess, yeah, I mean, there's no one in this neighborhood and the cops probably never venture around these parts. So why would they ever see her? Um, So yeah, she hits her with a car and you think she's dead. It's one of these many times where it's like, Oh, she's dead. And then, Oh, she's not. Um, A.J. discovers Frank much older, of course, this is modern day, and you find out that he is a serial rapist, and yeah, he did a lot of fucking terrible, terrible things, and he recorded them, Um, and A.J. kind of threatens him that, you know, all oh, the authorities are coming, and he's like, hey, and he doesn't speak a word throughout this entire scene, but he takes out a gun. You think he's gonna shoot at AJ, but instead he turns it on himself. It was kind of anticlimactic. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I kind of wish we got more, but but I guess not. They uh Tess finds him and they escape, but mother's gone. And they're like, oh, well, we gotta go then. And they end up finding the homeless guy. They go to like where he's been living for the last fifth. 15 years he says it I've been here for 15 years and she's never came here and as soon as he says it what happens she crashes through the fucking wall like the Kool-Aid man and snaps his goddamn neck this part I could I did not like this part because it's like it was so generically stupid like as soon as he's done was she waiting out there waiting for the fucking cue come on did not like that like this was the part that annoyed me the most was the fact that she just comes in like a flash after all this time but like which i mean i guess the only thing that would make sense is she was following aj and tess To that spot. That's how she found out about it. And then that's what happened. It's just I just found it comical that it was like just as he was like, yep, I've been here 15 years and she's never been here. And then, boom, she crashes through, snaps his neck. And, uh, of course, Tess and AJ run. And um, this is all pretty scary because this is like this entire uh, you you never see the mother in the light other than when she is in her room in the tunnel and uh, when she's trying to breastfeed AJ with the, the videotape that's teaching about breastfeeding and, um, but yeah, she chases Tess and AJ up a, a water tower and, you know, AJ this whole time, he's trying to figure like, he's like, I'm a good person. I just did a bad thing. And I, I, I know I can become a good person and all that stuff. And you're like, okay, you know, you still are a shitty person. I, I don't know if I can forgive you, uh, you know, even though you're trying to make amends for yourself. But then he just adds another tally to his shittiness by sacrificing Tess to distract the mother uh, into saving her. So, you know, Tess gets dropped off the, the water tower and then the monster gets jumps off in the most dramatic form where she just, she swan dives off like, ah! and then it somehow catches her. And you're like, okay, the not, the mother has to be dead, right? And AJ, of course, he goes down there expecting Tessa to be dead. She's not dead. And then like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I am. And um, of course, the mother's not dead. And she gets up and she shoves her fucking long ass thumbs into his eyeballs. And you're like, that's a nasty image because you get to see it all. And then she splits his head in half. And you're kind of like, all right. I don't really feel bad. You sucked. And, um, you know, you get to see, you get a, you get a kind of a, it, it's one of these things where like you, you really, you feel bad for the mother because like she didn't sign up for this. She'd sign up to be inbred, you know, a superhuman freak. Like wh- she didn't sign up for any of that. She just wanted to, she just wants to be a mom. This is just not the best way of going about it. And, uh, she tries to be the mom to test, you know, she's trying to say like, I want to go, you know, let's go home. And she's like, I can't go home. Cause well, I forgot to mention earlier, AJ shot Tess cause he is an idiot. And, um, yeah. And, uh, test shoots the mother and that's it. That's it. I literally did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do earlier in the show. I was like, I'm not going to do a plot breakdown. I pretty much just did a plot breakdown. I do so many of these shows where I do plot breakdowns. It's just natural for me to do it. So I apologize to everybody. But I hope you all enjoyed this little fresh cut. We haven't done one in a while. Well, I haven't done one in a while. Uh, Hopefully Dan and Angela will be able to come back on a fresh cut sometime soon. Uh, We got a lot of things on the table coming up. We got Hocus Pocus 2. I know it comes out next week, and I know Angela is going to want to talk about that. So we're we're probably going to do a fresh cut on that. And uh, Hellraiser comes out October seventh on Hulu, and definitely want to do that as well because it's really it's a lot easier for us to do fresh cuts stuff on streaming stu- uh, streaming movies because uh, going to the theater is difficult for us as a group. So expect to see a lot of fresh cuts on on streaming uh, movies. But I wanted to really talk. I saw this movie, um, and and I really wanted to talk about it. And I hope you all enjoy uh, my little conversation. I hope I you know, if you got anything you want to explain to me, something I missed, something, you know, you didn't agree with, make sure you leave them in the comments. Uh, make sure you like comment and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you listen to us on any podcast services that you can rate and leave us a review, that'd be fantastic because the more we get the, the more eyes or ears, um, see our podcast and hopefully we'll jump on that, uh, jump on that wagon yeah. Do I recommend this movie? I do. I, it's a good movie. I'm going to say it, you know, as much as I'm still kind of in that, that like kind of fog where I'm still thinking a lot about this kind of talking through this movie. Um, I, I liked this. I thought it was good and I just need to watch it again to kind of get, like, I need to go into it already knowing what to expect so I can kind of take in more and, inside see if I can, um, pick more things out because I'm just not the most observant person in the world and I know it's like, well, you run a podcast where well, you probably should be and it's like, I, I know, but sometimes my brain doesn't work like that. But before this gets way too long, thank you all for all the support. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this little fresh cut from me and um, make sure to check out our episode on Friday, our po- our podcast episode where we talk about Jurassic World Dominion and it's very long, all right? I'm just warning you. It's a very, very long episode. I'm editing it right now. And we're at like two hours, almost three hours long. So warning on everybody now. (laughs) All right, everybody. Until next time, I'm Brett Parker. This has been Dissected Full Crush Cuts. And I'll see you all next time. Bye.